And hey, that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Welcome to this podcast coming back. Uh, it's no longer called the theme title. Yeah, we'll have to come up with something even more creative than that. <laughs> That's true. Um, so yeah, we were just talking about um, police brutality. Yeah. And I think the Second Amendment actually has a point now. Yeah. You know, the Second Amendment isn't for stopping burglars, it's for stopping the government. <laughs> what was it specifically about? It was like, like, for an organized militia to, like, fight against the government. Something Thomas Jefferson wanted. Yeah. And we, we haven't seen major movements by organized militia yet. But uh, the way things are going, you don't know. <clears throat> I mean, there are already the beginnings of that. Like with um, Corrin Gaines. So Corrin Gaines, I don't know how far the story has progressed now. Um, so Corrin Gaines was a black woman in somewhere Mississippi? I don't know. We'll fact check that later. Um and the police had come to her house, to her house slash apartment, wherever she was living, uh, for traffic tickets, which is an odd thing to write a house for. And she had barricaded herself in her home with a shotgun. And she made a pretty strong point as to, if you step closer, I will use this shotgun for its intended purpose. And she was shot dead. And her five-year-old son got shot in the arm. That is no good. <laughs> to serve and to protect. <clears throat> yeah. And like this comes in the heels of of Alton Starling and Philando Castillo, who both had concealed firearms in concealed carry states. Castillo specifically mentioned to the cop where he was shot, it's like, hey, I have a gun. Regis for his wallet, which happened to be where his gun was, and he got shot by blank. Ooh. But, but yeah, like this is what the se- what, do you, what do you think I don't know I don't like it and I, I also don't like the whole idea of uh, screw the police because you know these are the people that they've uh, they've kind of like sworn to protect us and there, there there are some who like the power but I, I think a lot of them are there for the sole purpose of doing good <laughs> yeah like have you heard I, I don't know how many far left people you know but I've heard a bunch of people say like the police must be abolished because it started from like catching slaves and whatnot and well that's actually interesting I uh that article that you linked on Facebook I think this morning or yesterday maybe about the Black Lives Matter movement I, I don't think it was something you believed but it was someone talking about the Black Lives Matter movement as a terrible thing um the comment section of that article was horrendous. Uh, they were talking about that there was one guy, the number one most liked comment on the article was, yes, we should abolish, or us white people should pull the cops out of the black neighborhoods and they can hire their own police. And there were both white and black commenters on that post that agreed. And I was like, this is exactly what we don't want. <laughs> that is voluntary segregation. One is voluntary segregation, and like, like th- there, there is a point for the police. There will all, there will always be serial killers and bike thieves, and and armed robberies, and however rare they might be, someone has to be accountable for that. And regardless of where the police came from, that's what the point is. 
and all of the traffic stop stuff is just a failure for them to do their job properly. It's a failure. It's a failure of literal social contract stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, it's it's interesting. Uh, depending on where you li live, you probably see the police and laws a lot differently. Like uh, I was just in Ohio, and all the speed limits were much higher. And my father and I were trying to figure out what was up with that. So, the speed limit there. It's uh, if you're going that fast, you're stupid and you should be pulled over. But the speed limit here, it's like, well, we kind of have like a general law where we need to generate revenue. <laughs> but it's not even that. It's people like I drive consistently 10 over the speed limit <laughs> and I've never been hassled <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, th there is that, too. Yeah. Around here in Franklin Town, they're uh, they leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> they have plenty of money from the property taxes. Yeah. But Actually, it's, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I, I was just thinking, my dad used to get pulled over when he was a kid all the time because uh, he used to drive his mother's white Trans Am, and it just looks like trouble. So they pull over this white Trans Am, and they're expecting, like, a middle-aged guy who's balding. He's, like, the kind of guy who could afford a nice car, and they see a kid, and the kid cops an attitude, and... Uh, Bad things happened to my dad. <laughs> so uh, I, I can recall a particular incident where the, uh, the police officer just didn't like his attitude, so he broke the headlight on the car and then gave him a ticket for having a headlight out. Oh! <laughs> wow. Yeah, not that this is... And again, I'm not necessarily, like, pointing fingers, but uh, it definitely depends on who you are, how the cops are going to react to you. Yeah. And how you treat them that they're going to react to you. Oh, yeah. And, like, I remember there was some study that I heard a podcast about where it basically looked at a bunch of data and it said, and it noted that relative to how often they're pulled over, black people and white people are killed roughly equally in rate. The difference is that black people are more going to get roughed up, you know, thrown against the wall, yada, 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 or had a gun pulled on them. And that black people are just pulled over more often relative to population. Right. And, but, just, the, the, they're just smashing out a headlight. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's, like, like, why is, is it me or a lot of these things about, one, nonviolent drug usage, and two, traffic stops. Traffic stops. I don't know much about the drug usage, but uh, that does seem relevant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and all the numbers you look at, the, <laughs> the drugs come up in the reports, and traffic stops come up in the reports, too. Because I guess that's the, your most common contact with the police. Yeah. But it's also how people mostly get shot. Yeah, it, it's the everyday stuff that escalates. And sometimes it doesn't make sense at all. Like, uh, my, my Facebook news feed has been flooded with uh, police body cameras, and some of the stuff I see, it's, like, you, you don't see, like, you see the beginning of the video, you're like, ah, it's just normal, and then it's not normal. And I'm just wondering, like, how, how does that get stopped? Like, beyond organized militias fighting the police, which... Thomas Jefferson would have been happy with, but that sounds terrifying. Oh, yeah. No, I, I hate the idea of conflict. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what we're looking to do is just stop killing, right? But 
I, that's not exactly it. Like, the killing doesn't just happen. There must be some sort of reason. And what's the reason? Uh, th there are actually a lot of theories, and of course some people will say that it's racism, like the cop pulls up and he sees subhumans. Uh, that happens. Uh, there are also theories saying that since we have so many veterans that are in the police force, uh, oh. that might have something to do with it. Yeah, because these people are trained to kill people and break things, and now you want them to to uh, to <laughs> help people and fix things. <laughs> and I don't know, because I'm thinking a lot in terms of impulse. Because a lot of these things are impulse actions. Right. Someone gets too excited. And when you're thinking impulse and a lot of unconscious biases, that's an unconscious bias take over mostly because the entire thought process is unconscious. Right. So then... You know, you get to unconscious assumptions about, you know, say Mike Brown being a bullet sponge. So how do you fight an unconscious decision? I don't know. Education? I mean, to a degree, that should work, right? Yeah, I don't even know how you try and correct for unconscious biases. Yeah, I, I mean, the way that I've been raised, like, I can make the rational decision over and over again, but I've never been in, like, a scary situation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I hear a lot of disarm the police, and on mm. one hand, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, there have been experiments with that. I mean, Germ that yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, Germany seems to have pulled it off, but I don't know what... I don't know how Germans handle the police. <laughs> Germans of all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have some British friends. They, uh, they hate it. What, the... Yeah, the disarmed police. Huh. I have other British friends that like it. Uh, I, I, it may depend on what neighborhood you live in, too. Of course, if you're in a rich neighborhood, it, it doesn't bother you what the police do. Uh, That's if true. you're in a poor neighborhood and punks are robbing, I don't know, convenience stores and breaking the stuff in your yard because there are no consequences, then you probably won't like that. Yeah, I remember reading some, like, Vox.com article about how police poor neighborhoods both over-police and under-police a place. Like, over-police with the traffic stops and the nonviolent drug offenses. And then once there's an actual murder, nobody shows up. Well, yeah, they're human, they're scared. But the result is that because drug offenses aren't, or no, because murders aren't really investigated, the natural impulse is taken into your own hands. Right. And that, which exacerbates the violence. Oh yeah, that's dangerous. And it breeds resentment because you're expecting help from the police and you're just kind of, like, left holding the bag. Yeah. And so when you get pulled over by the police, you're like, ah, it's a bad guy. Because <laughs> that, that, that becomes your only interaction, you know. It becomes chicken and, the chicken and the egg problem, really. It just, you get pulled over, they harass you, they ask for murder stuff, if ever, and they're just, you're just like, like, why would I talk to you? And then just kind of feeds back into itself. Yeah, it, it's a bad, uh, it's a bad cycle. Yeah, I can definitely recall when I was younger, um, my parents lived in Bellingham and Woonsocket. Woonsocket! <laughs> yeah, we didn't like the police. Um, <laughs> moving to, I don't know how much I should say in the podcast about like local stuff, but uh, moving to Franklin, uh, it, it was a totally different situation until there was actual crime involved. Uh, 
So we, we bought a stolen bike one time by accident, not on purpose, not at all. <laughs> so, so we reported it to the other police, like good citizens, and they, they showed up at our house, okay, and they, they, uh, they were a little bit gruff, and we were responsive because we, we didn't want any trouble. That's why we reported it in the first place. We didn't want to be doing anything under the table. And uh, one of the officers at our house threatened to charge us of being in possession of stolen property. The bike that we were handing over to them voluntarily, $800 out of our pocket, he was threatening to charge us. Why? <laughs> there was no reason for that. It's just, uh, it, I don't know. Control <laughs> fantasies? I guess. <laughs> That's still like, uh, how, how do they, how does this sort of sentiment end up in the police? Is like a, like, do they hire people of this sort of character, or does that sort of character just come out of the culture? Probably both. Yeah, probably both. And, uh, would a way to end brutality and all these issues that we have, would it be to combat that culture? Would it be better training? I In don't know. Part, how far possibly. That, would get us. that makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, one thing that would be interesting is trying to put together, like, a town hall where it's like, these are people who have had less than splendid treatment by the police. Here are some actual folks in the police. Let's try and figure out what's going on and where to go from there. Right. So but does anyone have good faith discussions about this stuff anymore? Uh, we try. <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird for you and I because we're not targets. We're not. We don't really. We're not negatively affected. I'm not really. Yeah, I know. Not a ton, and uh, like we're just seeing this stuff on Facebook. It's it's kind of like being a politician. <laughs> it, it feels like I'm painfully ignorant. Like I can read about this stuff, but it's nothing like living in it. Oh yeah. But the thing that's the sticking with me the most is like how guns are now becoming a part of it. Or at least the people getting shot happen to have guns on them. Yeah, that's interesting. And, I, yeah. yeah. I almost wonder if there's like, well that does escalate the situation. If, if I'm an officer and I see someone with a gun, I'm immediately on edge. But I wonder if there's like any sort of like reflection in the type of people that have guns and conflict with the police. Like I'm thinking about the NRA. Like, Castile, I, I don't know about Alton Sterling, but I know Philando Castile had like a legal concealed carry, which he notified the police officer of, an illegal concealed carry state. And like, like he was totally in his legal right to have a gun, and him reaching for something that might have been next to his gun is what got him shot. Yeah, scary. And, and like, what could he have done? <laughs> And it's like, like, where, if, if this is a white dude saying, like, I have a gun on me, he's like, sure, cool, cool beans. Or, like, if, if Corin Gaines was, was, um, was not justified in having weapons in her house, and there are a lot of, like, people out in the Midwest who are also not justified in having guns in their house. Because Corin Gaines, uh, we've already, we've gone full circle on this already. <laughs> Like, like, 
like that is the literal justification of, you know, stabbing a bad guy with a gun. It's a good guy with a gun. Right. If we want, if we want to steal um, Wayne Lapierre's line, and no NRA outrage. No. Yeah, NRA is. Uh, they're a bunch of interesting fellows. Interesting fellows. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't looked into what they're about, but the things that they do, uh, they reflect poorly. <laughs> <laughs> like, guns. Guns are weird. Yeah. I can imagine they're a whole lot of fun, but beyond a whole lot of fun, oh. like, like with an AR-15, like, like that sort of thing. Whole lot of fun, probably. Totally impractical for self-defense. Kind of impractical for home defense, maybe. Practical as a militia weapon. Practical as a militia weapon. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's difficult to regulate a militia, right? It's scary for everyone who's involved. It's scary if you have to deal with a militia. Like, if you're the state, <clears throat> uh, you know. Uh, I but in a sense, <laughs> it's unconstitutional to try and stop militias from being militias. Right. They, they got to do their thing. And to regulate a militia, I, I, you, you, there's a fine line. Like, if, if, if there's already this much controversy about regulating individual guns, regulating a militia, they have an even better constitutional case. Yeah. And maybe that will come. Because the Black Panthers were originally like a self-defense-styled militia that turned into social services and whatnot. But at, the, at its heart, there was that idea of self-defense from the government. And I'm wondering if that comes back. I, I kind of think that it will. Uh, there, there have actually been a lot of people that are just, they're looking to strike out at the government, right? We've seen that. And it, it doesn't even make sense. True, 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 true. Uh, have you heard of Timothy McVeigh? Tim McVeigh, Unabomber, right? Uh, he blew off the front of the Murr Federal Building. Oh, Different right. Different guy. Oklahoma City, right? Yeah. Uh, that was a mess. And that was like an anti-government thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all about just the government needs to not step over its lines. And it's scary. Especially since the government has shown very solid proof of stepping over some important lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been very exciting. And it, it's hard to talk about the government as a whole thing because it, it is made up of individuals. And uh, a lot of them are innocent. But uh, it's a trend that we need to change. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not, just in, it's not just innocent people. It's people who probably are seeing this happen and are remaining silent. Like, I don't know how much people can do in the Parks and Rec in terms of overstepping the Fourth Amendment. But there are a lot of people who work at the NSA, probably. Oh, yeah. And I'm kind of surprised and sad that Edward's known the only one that's like, hey, this is a problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there are a few every once in a while, and they always get shot upon. <laughs> like uh, Chelsea Manning. Yeah. You heard, you heard about that, right? Yeah. That was, I don't know exactly what she did. It, it sounded like it she was attempted illegal. She s attempted suicide, and they're oh. trying to charge her with... They're, they're, they're trying to like put her in solitary confinement because she committed suicide. Oh, yeah. That, that, uh, that hurts me on so many levels, because the reason why suicide would possibly be against any laws. Well, I mean, she had to obtain weapons or whatever, but who gives a crap? But we're not the property of the state. Like, if I want to die, isn't that, like, 
as a citizen, you can't really take that away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it's just an ex- like, if, if tobacco is okay, legally, then suicide, because in the same way, you're primarily harming yourself. Right. And if you're living in jail by yourself in, she was in solitary confinement, right? I think so. <laughs> you're not going to have a negative effect on anyone except to, who has to clean up the mess. And, like, she was stuck in a men's prison, too, so it was just, like, not a fun time. Yeah, not cool. I would not want to be in a men's prison. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm just one. We should probably wrap up soon. I'm wondering, like, because like there's already the Trump response, the Sanders response. You know, Trump and Sanders might not like stay as candidates, but they're gonna keep doing things. And which is interesting and scary. I'm just wondering if that Second Amendment bit comes back again. What is, uh, I actually don't know what Sanders says about gun control at all. Yeah. Let's figure that out. Hey, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. yeah. Interesting conversation. No theme title. <laughs> no theme title. We'll find a better name, probably. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Although the theme title was pretty kind of funny. <laughs> Are we wrapped up? Yeah, let's wrap up. Boosh.